Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. And that's really the question is, do you have a self-given purpose or a God-given purpose? The self-given purpose is something that's really more about ourselves. A God-given purpose is not about us at all. And all that you have to do is look into your life and assess where your worries are, where your time goes, where your money goes, um, maybe where your future plans are to figure out, am I living out a God-given purpose or a self-given purpose? Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Today we will be studying from the book of Colossians in the New Testament. And while we call it a book, it was really a letter originally written to people in a city called Colossae by the Apostle Paul. The reason Paul wrote this letter is because the members of this church were new to the Christian faith and they had many questions. They wanted to know what the gospel was, what they should do with old traditions from their community and faith, and how this newfound faith should impact their lives. The same thing this letter did for those so many years ago, it will do for us today. It will inform us, challenge us, and guide us towards what the gospel really is and how it can impact our lives. Please enjoy the message. We're going to continue in this sermon series on the book of Colossians, and we're going to be honing in on um, the end of chapter 1, the beginning of chapter 2 as we get into this. And a little bit of the context that you have to understand going into this particular passage of Scripture is that Paul is not, he is not in ideal circumstances as he writes this letter. That he's actually imprisoned. It's, it's a house arrest, if you will. Uh, if you can just imagine what we dealt with during COVID in which we were quarantined in our homes for a month, but we could still kind of leave and you could go and do the necessary things that you needed to do. And if, and if you were one of those people that were uh, deemed essential, then you were able to get out and still go to your office or do work outside of your home. But we had, a, we had a little bit of a taste of what it's like to be under, you might say, a house arrest type of situation. But it wasn't quite what Paul was dealing with. So he was probably in Rome. Some speculate Ephesus because he deal with, did deal with some imprisonment there. But he's probably in Rome. And it's there that he's under house arrest. He's chained to a guard the majority of his time while he's under this house arrest, majority of his day. He goes for two years under, he lives in two years with these particular conditions. He has an uncertain future. And you know how hard it is to deal with an uncertain future for just a few days or even a few weeks. And you're waiting on a boss to make a decision about you. You're waiting on a, maybe even a spouse or a child and, and you've got this pressure that's coming against you for the period of time that you have to deal with. And it's awful if it's for days or weeks or even months, but Paul had to deal with that for two years. The uncertainty of wondering how these pagan judges were going to rule as it pertained to his case. And the reason he was under house arrest was because, just because he was a Christian. And that's something that's a bit of a, a challenge for him and even for us as we begin to assess our lives. But as we think about the people that he even wrote to, their situation wasn't that much better either. They were dealing with challenges. They had people around them that at this particular time were suspicious towards the Christian faith. There were social pressures amongst them to still worship pagan gods. People would say, you can worship Jesus, but you still have to worship Zeus, or you still have to worship the emperor. 
There was confusing teachings that were beginning to come into the church. They were talking about additional knowledge that needed to be added to Christianity in order for somebody to truly be saved. And then on top of this, one that I don't have listed is that the city was failing. The the population was declining. The enterprise was non-existent. Their circumstances were less than ideal. And it's in places like Colossae and Rome that people were suffering. But what you see is a very, what you see is a difference. With Paul, he approaches his suffering from a standpoint of God still has a plan But he writes this letter to reassure the people in Colossae that even in spite of their suffering, God still has a plan. But that was something that they were struggling with. Because there's something that's fundamental for all of us when it comes to suffering. Is that no one questions God's plan when circumstances are good. But everyone seems to doubt God's plan when circumstances become bad. Isn't that the truth? We, we don't really struggle and question God's plan when everything is seemingly going okay, but as soon as things go bad, we begin to wonder, hey, was this the right path for me to be on? Is this the right direction I should have gone in? We may say something along the lines of, I must not have married the person God wants me to because my spouse and I are not getting along. I must not have chosen the career God wants for me because I hate my job. I must not have bought the house God wants for us because of these extra expenses. I must not have chosen the right doctor, the right school, the right degree because my situation is not getting better. That's what we often do. When it's good, we would never question God's plan. But the moment the circumstances get a little bit challenging, a little bit difficult, questions and doubts consume us. You know, case in point, the Denver Broncos. This season, we've got this guy leading the way, Vic Vangio. They started the season 3-0. and And wow, There was a little bit, there's always still a little bit of uh, skepticism, but for the most part, people were thinking, this is going to be a really good year. He is a really good coach. We've made the right hire. Teddy Bridgewater is going to be a great quarterback for us. We're 3-0. Things are going well. We can't wait to get to the next game. And then there was a loss. Uh, Then there was another loss. And then we play the Raiders, and their coach got fired in the middle of the week. And they still lost. And then you play the Browns, and the Browns looked at the Broncos and said, well, you know what? It's the Broncos. Baker Mayfield, you sit out. Starting running back, you sit out. 18 other starters, don't worry about it. We're just going to take our backups against them. We'll be just fine. And they won. The Browns. The Browns. They're terrible. One of the worst organizations in all of NFL. And now what's everybody doing? Now they're thinking, ah, this may not be the right plan. This may not be the right guy. This might not be the right path. It it applies everywhere. It applies maybe in a microcosm of just a sports team. It also applies in the macrocosm of our lives and our faith. And when things get a little hard, we start questioning. But what's amazing about Paul as I've already laid out those circumstances that he is in, is that's not what he's doing. 
He's not questioning God's plan. He's not questioning God's purpose for his life. He's not questioning if God is with him. Instead, he's writing this letter to encourage these people who are. And maybe even to encourage you as you're struggling with some doubts and some concerns. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus, and He changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. And what we're going to find is that when it comes to life, there's a lot of ways to describe it. And when it comes to the ups and downs, we often like the peaks and the valleys illustration. But perhaps the best illustration to describe all of our circumstances is railroad tracks. There's always going to be one track that's going to be some challenges, and there's always going to be another track that's going to be the blessings. But we've got to have the right perspective in how it is that we handle this life. And that's what I think Paul lays out for us in this wonderful example as he writes these beautiful words to us, picking up at the end of chapter 1. Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. And I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions. For the, for the sake of his body, which is the church, I have become its servant by the commission God gave me. The purpose that God gave me. And that purpose is definitely multifaceted. But he says, one of the purposes that God gave me is to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the gospel, to present to you Christ, to present to you the teachings of the life that you are to live. And I am rejoicing that I get to do this. I'm rejoicing that God has given me this purpose even while I still suffer. And what's our lesson here? What Paul is teaching us is that we can suffer with Christ and still have a God-given purpose. It's amazing how suffering and challenges and difficulties can cause us to immediately question the purposes that God has given us. Now the problem for many of us, the problem for me, is that I give myself a purpose. And I don't always live out the purpose that God has given me. It's what I would say is a self-given purpose. And that's really the question is, do you have a self-given purpose or a God-given purpose? The self-given purpose is something that's really more about ourselves. A God-given purpose is not about us at all. And all that you have to do is look into your life and assess where your worries are, 
where your time goes, where your money goes, um, maybe where your future plans are to figure out, am I living out a God-given purpose or a self-given purpose? And the thing about a self-given purpose is this, is the circumstances around us in our world can take those purposes away. For example, an economic downturn. If your purpose is about how much money you have or you don't have, an economic downturn is gonna take that purpose from you. A poor decision of a child or a spouse can take your purpose away if it's a self-given purpose. Just a bad decision, a spouse decides to leave you, a child decides to put up walls and they don't want you to um, engage with them anymore. A sickness, sickness and aging can take away your purpose if it's your looks, your appearance. A reorganization of a staff structure can take away a job that could potentially be your purpose. A new vision of an organization can take away a department, a product that you produce, even a ministry. And that'll be hard to swallow if that is your purpose. But there are certain purposes that the Bible's outlined for us that are God-given. And no matter your circumstance, that you can always have. And that ought to be something that gives us peace. We shouldn't be trying to find peace from the things like this that can easily get taken away from us, in some cases have been taken away from us. But there's nothing that's ever gonna take away your purpose to worship God. And what's amazing is that in the Bible, there is actually a story of Paul and Silas suffering in the book of Acts, and they still are worshiping. About midnight, Paul and Silas, who are imprisoned at this particular time, were praying and singing hymns to God. Because they looked around themselves, it wasn't a great situation, there were other prisoners there, but they knew that the one thing that could not get taken from them was their worship. And the other prisoners were listening to them as they still worshiped. I don't know how bad your situation might be. It might be really good right now. But what I do know is this, is that no matter what your situation is, is the purpose to worship God is always there and always available. I mean, even in the midst of COVID, we've kept our doors open. This is always going to be here for you because this is a purpose that we have to make available to you. Another purpose of God that he has for you is to continue to grow in your faith. And here's what's really challenging and, sh and a bit maybe even unsettling, is that it's your suffering that causes you to grow in your faith. Consider it pure joy, James writes, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, that you may grow in your faith and not lack anything. Another purpose is to tell others about Jesus, that no matter how much you suffer, there is still an opportunity to pro proclaim Christ, to proclaim what Jesus has done for you, the joy that he's given you, and the love that he's offered you, and the peace that he's offered you, and how he's changed your life. I mean, I, even in the worst case scenario, I can step back in my own life and say, I would not have my wife and my family if it were not for Jesus. And I certainly wouldn't have any peace of mind if it was not for Jesus. And that's something that I think people might benefit from hearing on occasion if I were to tell them that. And Paul wrote these in 2 Timothy. Remember Jesus Christ, he says, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel. He's proclaiming it for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal, but God's word is not chained 
And he's saying, I'm still proclaiming this message even though I still suffer. Here is what's really crazy, is that we are scared suffering will take our purpose. But maybe God uses suffering to guide you back to your purpose, to help you realize that maybe your life wasn't really meant to just revolve around that role or that title or your appearance or those relationships. Maybe there's so much more and it's often in the suffering that there is a pruning that takes place and God is bringing us back to what really matters in our lives. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, We wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. I liken it to a Pop-Tart, okay? Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm making an analogy in which you are a Pop-Tart, just in case you were questioning that. When I was a kid, I loved Pop-Tarts. I mean, who doesn't like a good Pop-Tart? Well, the problem is, is that they're not always good. Often, whenever you get, get in a hurry in the morning, that's when you settle for the Pop-Tart. And when I was a kid, that's often what I would do. I would be rushing around in the morning and I would just grab the Pop-Tarts and then on the school bus to school, I would sit in the back and kind of eat a piece at a time so the school bus driver wouldn't see me. And it was okay. It was very mediocre. But if you get the Pop-Tart in the toaster and you allow that, that Pop-Tart to be fully toasted and, the, uh, you know, and to get all caramelized and all the goodness that's inside of it to be just right, it's in a totally different experience with the Pop-Tart, isn't it? But every once in a while, you put the Pop-Tart in the toaster and what happens? It pops up early. And then you're like, no, 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 you're not done yet. Bam, get back down in there. And then it it would fight you a little bit. And then you have to adjust the settings. And eventually you would keep it down in the heat for it to become all that it needed to become. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes we need a little bit of heat. Sometimes we need a little bit of pressure. Sometimes we need a little bit of suffering to be reminded that we have so much more in this life to live for. And we have so much more in this life that we can become. 
We can settle for a mediocre version of our own lives that we can create for ourselves, but if we allow God to sometimes put our faith through the testing, we can find out that there is a lot more to us than we would have ever imagined. And we just gotta allow, allow, to, allow ourselves to experience some of that heat and realize that God is allowing that to happen in our lives to grow us. The mystery, Paul continues, that has been kept hidden for ages and generations. And the mystery is this, is how in the world is God going to bless all of the nations of the world? That's what he promised to Abraham. You will be a blessing to the nations. But they never could quite figure out how that was going to work out. And then they would read of this Messiah in the Old Testament prophets, from the Old Testament prophets, who was going to be a king. He was going to usher in a kingdom, but he was also going to suffer. It was a mystery, but it's now been disclosed to the Lord's people, and that's probably a reference to Israel. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles, which is anyone who is not a Jew, which would be all of us in this room, that I'm, at least as far as I'm aware, the glorious riches of this mystery. It's not a mystery that is being revealed that will take us to poverty. It actually takes us to riches. And what Paul is doing is he's playing on words because the people in Colossae are being led astray. They're being teased with these teachings from these people who have exciting new ideas. And they're saying, this is the mystery that you haven't figured out. This is a little extra gospel that you need to add to your gospel so you can really get this whole Christianity thing. And what Paul's saying, no, no, that's not the mystery. The mystery is that we didn't understand how the Messiah was going to come, how God was going to bless all the nations. But now that mystery has been revealed to all of us, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one that we proclaim, admonishing, and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. The Gentiles were people who didn't have a lot of hope. They were viewed, at least from the Jewish people, as people who were unclean. They were not favored by God. God didn't want anything to do with them. They had made too many mistakes. They were who you might say were the left out people. Anybody ever felt a little left out? Oh yeah. I mean, you, you, I know you, you ain't raising your hand, but I know you have. We've all felt a little left out. When I was in the fourth grade, there was a Halloween party that a kid in one of my classes threw every year that was the Halloween party. And all the cool kids got to go. But guess what? I didn't ever get an invitation to go to this Halloween party. And it was every year, you know, there'd be the invitations on the desk when we would come back to the classroom. And then sure enough, my desk didn't have an invitation. And I would see this in first grade and second grade and third grade. And then in fourth grade, I walked back into that classroom and there was not an invite on my desk. And I was kind of friends with this guy. And I had had it. I was not gonna get left out of this party. So I walked across the hallway to my friend, my friend, Jeffrey, and I said, Jeffrey, you forgot to give me my invite to the party. And he said, huh? I said, my invite to the party. You forgot to give it to me. I know, I was ridiculous. Who does that? I did it. I was 10, I didn't care. I didn't get my invitation to your party. Oh, okay. And then he gave me the invitation to the party. And it was a great time. And we all had a good time. It was, it was wonderful. I was ridiculous. You should never do that. But I did it. And it worked. 
But there is something to be, but there's something about being left out that just doesn't sit well with you. And these Gentiles had been left out for millennia from God's favor. And now that Christ had been revealed, the mystery had been solved, now the Jewish people were keeping this, this good news from them. And Paul is contending, Paul is fighting to get this hope to, to them. And here's what he's teaching the people in Colossae, is that we can suffer in Christ and still give people hope. And here's the thing about hope, is the world will give you hope, but it will be a hope that disappoints you. I know of a nurse who was working in a doctor's office and in walked a gentleman that she had seen several times. He'd been going through chemo treatments um, to, to deal with and he'd had a surgery as well to deal with this aggressive cancer that he was, had been struggling with for some time. And, and the treatments were done and he was coming in to get his, his final test results to see how he was. And as he walks into this office, um, he's got a rather, the nurse would tell us, the nurse would tell the story. He would have an upbeat spirit. His, uh, you know, chest is out, shoulders are up. And he goes into the doctor's office. The doctor meets with him, shares with him, as you'll come, as we came to find out, some very unfortunate. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.